0: Hi, Brian
1: hey Karen
0: how are you how are you I'm good good good
1: we have a wonderful guest today would you like to introduce
0: oh you want me to introduce today yes today on the show we have Dr. Arena Griffith-Knight and she is from North Carolina and I met her at the natural hair industry convention like an eternity ago it's a it's been a long time now like since COVID, we missed a year. And and so we, yeah, it was a, it was a trip. We um we approached each other. We were like, hey, who, you know, I'm from here. Who are you? What's your IG? We were just like chit-chatting and it was it was really natural. And and then oh, did we go to dinner together? I will have to talk about that. <laughs> um, so Brian, please tell our audience, you know who Dr. Arena Knight is because this woman, she's a healer in my opinion, wouldn't you say? Not just a loftician.
1: Well, I'm really thrilled to hear uh, Dr. Arena's story, but um, the idea of cosmetic agriculture is something that fascinates wow. me. So she has brought trichology, trichoanalysis, um, the health of the hair, from the inside out, and uh, incorporated that into her her whole practice, which um, obviously is is hair related. But I, I just love the idea that you know we have someone that has taken an intrinsic approach to health and well being, and and uh, and really established that. And so I'm really excited to hear more about, about it. So welcome.
0: Yes. Hi, Dr. Arena. Do we do we call you Doctor? I love that. I think that's great that we have you on the show today. So please say hello. Welcome.
2: Hi
0: Karen. Hi Brian. How are you?
1: We're great. We're great. Thanks. We're cold. Oh
2: yeah. It's a little chilly here too. Thanks for having me though. I'm so excited. Like Karen yes. and Brian, I'm here talking to you. I can't believe it. <laughs>
0: The world of and technology.
2: The, the last time, the last time I saw you, we were at the Jamaican restaurants, yes. and it was Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, we had such a great night, like just catching up. Like I think that was one of the first conventions that I ever went out with colleagues after, mm-hmm. and just went out and we had good food, good conversation, both um, Taja and Damien. Yep. And yeah, we just, we just hung out. We just, yeah, that was cool. How is Taja? Taja as well. Taja is actually in the process of getting her own salon. Actually, she purchased one of my franchises and she is probably about two weeks in now. So good for she's her. Well. You know, she had a watch. baby boy back in December. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah,
1: move from the shaker. Yeah. yeah yeah so a little backstory on the natural hair convention. So Karen and I went uh, three years ago and we launched our noggin oil brand there in Atlanta. and um, I don't know what it was about that city, but it was an incredibly fun, warm, inviting event and I have such incredibly fond memories And you know you're talking about going out after. Um, we made some amazing friends in those three days and uh, still communicating via Instagram and stuff. But what is it about Atlanta? Is that is it something that is unique about the, the, the community there, do you think?
2: I think so. Well, I'm in New York. I was born and raised in New York. I relocated to Fayetteville to live with my dad. And... I, I love Fayetteville. Fayetteville, North Carolina is a great place to be. Going to Atlanta, though, is always fun. I can remember as a high schooler, college student, you know, like Atlanta always has so much to bring. And you can do a, a lot in a little bit of time. So Atlanta is not New York, right? But mm-hmm. Atlanta is a city where like New York never sleeps. In Atlanta, they shut down. <laughs> <laughs> We were leaving the restaurant with nowhere else to go, <laughs> nothing to do. So we were happy to go back to our hotel, but they have so many hotels, so many conventions that there's always so many people around just hang loitering out, like loitering and just, you can always find someone to talk to and, you know, connect with from somewhere. Yeah. Especially that like downtown hub. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's what it is. But,
1: All right. Yeah. Can't wait to go back.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I, I want y'all to come to Fayetteville though.
1: Okay. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> Brian and I we're gonna do a tour. We're
2: gonna, yes, hit, we we have we're, to do. gonna we're gonna
0: hit all the different states with all okay. of our guests. And then we're gonna pop over to Dubai and go see Chris McDread.
2: <laughs> oh, I would like to go to, to Dubai to see. Yeah, that'd be cool. Come with the more
0: the merrier. <laughs> So let's, let's bring it back. You were talking about how Taja has taken one of your franchises. So mm. let's tell our audience the name of your brand and talk a little bit about that.
2: Okay, so I am the proud owner of Nubians Incorporated, and Nubians is a holding company for the intellectual property of the Locks House, Nubians Natural Hair Gallery, the Hair Rejuvenation Clinic, and. Heirlooms Natural Hair Hairbraining Academy. Wow. So yeah, wow. I, um, I, um, I started this company in 2017. First, I, I started my businesses in 1997, just building a hair gallery. And I had no idea that natural hair would climb as hard and as fast as it did. So I was able to complete college in the industry. I was able to step away and have my children and nurture them for 10 years and come back in. And it's like the internet took over and I'm like, whoa. "Whoa." So (laughs) I'm a legit dinosaur. Like it took me forever. I'm like, okay, I know she sent me the Zoom link. Where is it?
1: Don't worry, we're all struggling, honey. It's not just you.
2: (laughs) So when I came back to the industry, it's like a world of just electronics and so I just really had to like get focused so in 2018 we had a hurricane to come Hurricane Florence Mm -hmm. and um, we had to shut down so we shut down for nine months and then we had to reopen so during that nine months, I was able to um, just kind of look at like, OK, what am I doing here? How am I doing? Because when I came into business in 1997, I didn't even know I didn't realize I was going into business. I just finished cosmetology school and while I was in a salon. So the way that it kind of began for me is in college and I braided my hair. Well, God gave me braids at the age of seven, first of all. And um, when I moved to North Carolina from New York, it's like I could braid. And I didn't realize how much of a skill or a blessing it was to have the skill. And I actually made it to the, to the top of the chain in cheerleading. So I became the, uh, the captain of cheerleading. I would braid everybody's hair, just braid it up in one thing coming up and then they would tease the bangs but that was it. So that's how I gained popularity as the, the girl that could braid. And so when I, yeah, whenever I went to college, I um I just braided my hair and the girl hollered at her, she's who braided your hair. And I said, <laughs> I did. And she said, Can you braid mine? Before you know it, I was braiding everybody's hair on campus. Yeah. So yeah, wow. so much so that I flunked out of college. I think I flunked out of college and I transferred to another college four times before I got one degree. My wow.
0: calling was in hair. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. The the journey of going into college to try to figure things out, you didn't flunk out, you changed directions.
2: Yeah, yeah, but you know, I the way that it the way that it came to me was um I, I had to um I wanted to take over work in the student center because they had a beauty salon. And so they said, oh no, you have to have license. And I'm just like, okay, well, to braid hair, you have to have license. And I'm like, that's the thing? I didn't grow up going to the beauty salon or the beauty parlor, so I had no knowledge of the beauty culture. And so when they sent me, I went, researched, got into cosmetology school, completed cosmetology school, came back to the student center it is
1: shut down (laughs) are you kidding me (laughs) wow all that work
2: (laughs) all of that work and then on top of that there was a ruling that came down from north carolina saying like oh braiders don't have to be licensed it's a cultural art
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is insane wow wow but I'm glad
0: that I went. So that's, you know, you might never have gotten it. And so Mm -hmm. then what happened?
2: So, okay. I'm glad that I went to cosmetology school because like I went to cosmetology school, but I did not feel that they had prepared me to come out and do what cosmetology, cosmetologists were supposed to do. Like, I didn't feel comfortable cutting on my own. I didn't feel comfortable um, relaxing ladies' hairs. I was petrified. I'm like, man, especially like working with black women, you don't want to (laughs) cut, do the wrong cut. You don't want to burn nobody's scalp out. matters, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, 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 no, I didn't want (laughs) to. So I, I stood up on graduation day when they announced my name I said, I'm just going to stick with what I know, and that's braiding. So that's, that's what it was for me. So every day while I was in cosmetology school, I would go to someone's house and I would have a head to do. So that's how I made it through. Like I would work in the evening and I would learn the skill in the daytime. So whenever I would go to someone's house, I had my whole kit. I did everything that I was taught to school do in school. I laid out my, my nice little towel and put all my implements that I was going to use. And you know, I was very, very, very astute, very professional. And so that's kind of how I got passed around the city. Wow. So <clears throat> So then after that, one of my frat brothers came right before I graduated. He was like, you know, somebody told me that you were getting ready to graduate over here. I got something I want you to see. So I followed him over and he's like, you know, I got a barbershop. And I'm like, no, I didn't know. So he told me, he said, um, took me over to the place. I looked at it and he was like, well, um, I want $75 a week for this booth, but I give you two weeks um, free. And so I said, okay. So I graduated, went to the beach, celebrated, came back, and I moved all of my things in that that one suite in the back of that barbershop. And the rest was history. <laughs> oh. It was it's so much. I, I did go back to Fable State. So I did graduate. In fact, I was at Fable State. I was running my business in the back of the barbershop. And I ended up going back to instructor school and got a full scholarship from my beauty school instructor. So, yeah, I was doing all of that. And then finally, I graduated from Fayetteville State, graduated from instructor school, still had my booth in the barbershop. And um, well, before I graduated from Fayetteville State, I did travel to Africa. And I was excited. I did a study abroad program. So I was excited to go because I'm like, I'm going to see a lot of, excuse me, a lot of braids, a lot of locks Mm -hmm. and everything. That was my expectation. A lot of natural hair. But when I got there, I didn't. So I was kind of perplexed about that. And so that is what sent me on a journey to be like, like I kind of grew into like a mad scientist. I was just experimenting box relaxers. I mean, I, I was researching, you know, like box relaxers, the manufacturers, um, the presence of damaged hair, everything. And so then I decided that I wanted to work on my master's degree. And so it's with my master's degree that I was able to actually go to, um, where did I go? I, um, I, I went to back to my teacher at Fayetteville Beauty College to just kind of let her know what I wanted to do. And she actually put me on the right track. But then I went to New York and that's where I met Diane Bailey at Mega Evers University. So it's with her in the New York 92 that inspired me to come back to North Carolina and do Things differently, and I'm like, okay. So with my master's degree, it was just it was titled. My thesis was, um, North Carolina hair braiders outlawed. So I actually researched all of the states to see who had a natural hair law and who had natural hair braiders protected under their laws. And so, um,
0: and, did and that how research. Many, how many? How many states, roughly, like percentage wise?
2: Ooh. I don't remember. It was higher then than it was now. Um, there were some states that still had to go to cosmetology schools, so there were no independent Breda's law Laws. So I want to say New York, maybe California, Texas. I want to say it was like six states that had a braiders Law, and then North Carolina came in, so... Um, we had the first curriculum for natural hair care at Fable Tech University. So I helped them to get that. And that was under the continuing education department. And um, we started with just the beginners class. And then we went on to a beginners, intermediate and advanced program. And then also lobbied the state to get a license because in my research, you know, my opening statement is, was you wouldn't go to a doctor if they didn't have any license. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that was where it kind of stemmed from. And then I just, one door kept opening to the next. So, yeah.
1: And then trichology, how did that happen?
2: Okay, so earlier on in my career, I went to Atlanta. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was at the Bonner Brothers um, convention and I took a, no, 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 it was Talia's convention, the natural hair industry con- convention, where mm-hmm. I met um, trichologist Rodney Barnett, and his presentation was so intriguing, like I never looked at it from that perspective. And then... I didn't have the money to go to his full program. So I just had to just kind of keep it in the corner of my mind. But then when I when I did have the finances intact to go, I couldn't find him. Couldn't find him anywhere, nowhere. <laughs> and so then I came in contact with like USTI, Danielle McBride, and um, NTTI. And just, you know, I realized like, oh, okay, so trichology. So I just kind of went and collected classes. And then at the premiere show, who did I see? Rodney Brunette. So I went back, I, I went to the premiere show just to reconnect with him and just told him like, you know, 15 years ago, you really opened an eye. And I'm so glad to finally have met, you know, met you again. And, you know, this time being experienced because I, I was involved heavily in the industry when I reconnected with him so I knew a lot of ins and outs and you know and so then I took his class in Dallas and then I came back and I took another class with him in um San Antonio and became a member of his cohort I also met with um Tony Love Mm -hmm. actually I think I connected with Tony Love for natural hair Practition, um, yeah, natural hair. Um, no, 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 no. Um, what was her thing? Uh, gracious, 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 gracious. And I have the certificate in the other room, let me see. Uh-huh. Hair replacement, hair replacement. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <That's laughs> so non-surgical under hair replacement. Yes, non-surgical hair replacement. And so, um, couple you know those two programs together is what really got me involved in um non-surgical hair replacement what to do with people when they're losing hair how to you know cover it up so that's great that's kind of how it yeah
1: it's amazing how you brought all that together um in one one discipline really and uh what an incredible service to offer Yeah. yeah
2: So the masters, I, I did my master's through Central Michigan University, and it was a master's program, adult education, and general administration. So every time we had to introduce, I just remember by saying, I'm just I'm just here so I can figure out how to put my empire together. <laughs> I just want to know about the education component. And I wanted to know about the administration component. And so then I also found the, natu- the National Beauty Cultures League. Have you ever heard of the National Beauty Cultures League? Uh, no, but I'm intrigued. Oh. Okay. So the National Beauty Cultures League is an organization for cosmetologists. They've included barbers and um, barbers, and nail techs and natural hair over the years, but it was established in 1919. It was kind of, if you saw Madam C.J. Walker's movie where they brought all of the cosmetologists from all over the world, that was the beginning of the National Beauty Cultures League. And so... Mm-hmm. It's been around a while. It's been around a while. I, and I've met some amazing women. Like for instance, there's a lady, her name is Dr. Vernicia Marks. She was in the industry, well, she just turned 100, right? Wow. So, and she lives in Chicago. She owned a hair salon for 65 years.
1: Wow.
0: Bless
2: her. <laughs> wow. Yes, yes, Incredible. yes. she raised her children, grandchildren. I think she has like five generations. And so I say that because it's important to know that there are still like legends mm. here and, you know, that are living and have done amazing things. So at the National Beauty Culturist League, they have um, programs to um, for help you further your education. Uh Hold on, I gotta knock at my door, hold
0: well, on. That's a good time to take break. a commercial break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages. <laughs>
1: We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Lock Talk is proudly sponsored by World Hair and Skin. Clean, minimal and effective products not tested on animals to help you save on your plastic footprint and stay healthy. Karen, your hair looks super cool today, man. Oh, okay. What's going on?
0: Thanks, Brian. I have noggin oil to thank.
1: What is noggin oil?
0: You don't know what noggin oil is? I have a cleanser, a toner, and a moisturizer for my scalp.
1: And those three little roller balls look very cute. What are they?
0: Great question, Brian. We have Replenish, which is like a light moisturizer for your noggin. We have the Chill, which is for alleviating tension and discomfort to the scalp, especially during tightening services for locks or braids. And Glow is the multi-carrier treatment oil, and it's more of your heavy-duty moisturizer for the noggin. Great for these winter months and great for extra dry scalp.
1: For parted hairstyles, sectioned hair,
0: locks, braids, hair extensions, weaves, twists, Anything.
1: Amazing. Looks beautiful and minimal and healthy.
0: Lock Talk is sponsored by Mod Locks, Modest Hair, Modified Dreadlocks, Modern World. Hey, Brian, catch.
1: Because good looking locks like this don't happen without great education. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program.
0: And we're back hey that's a funny commercial so- to listen to <laughs> <laughs> we're you know noggin oil sponsors lock talk as well as world hair and skin and Modlocks, and and so um, we just thought we'd throw in a little quick break there for you awesome thank you i appreciate it so i'm you know what's my-
1: funny you had a knock at the door and then 30 seconds later my phone rang here <laughs>
2: <laughs> the life of entrepreneurs,
0: so, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: but we want to. We, we're really curious about um uh, the non. I am the curious about the non-surgical hair procedures, hair replacement procedures, and Brian has a plethora of questions too. So maybe <laughs> we can jump into that sort of ask you some questions and can elaborate a little bit more about these procedures because you know we have a lot of questions. Uh, I. I I even actually talked to you about one client that I have that has what is um uh CCCP no Hey, And can you mm-hmm. tell everybody what that stands for? Because I can never Uh
2: oh. I can I can never get it. It's central, centrifugal um s- alopecia. <laughs> yeah. CCCA, central, cicatricial. What's that other C for? Some, a scarring type of alopecia. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's predatory. So it's,
2: it's, it's, it's actually like, it's a, a type of alopecia with a follicle has been replaced. And so hair will not be able to come through the scalp in that area. And that oh, is, okay. That,
0: that can be treated medically, can't it? Mm.
2: Um, there are procedures for those types of persons. I, when I come across um, things like that, I typically refer them to a dermatologist. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Yeah. Only thing it is, I can do with like soothe, you know, as far as like with herbal rinses and um, tonics and things of that nature. But I typically don't do a lot with um, CCCA.
1: Okay. That, that type of scarring too. Uh, um, is that also something that happens to people that frequently relax their hair or go somewhere that, you know, it's not done properly so that it ends up forming a scar on the scalp? Mm-hmm. Cause I, I've seen that as well.
2: There are, um, uh, some studies that are being conducted on that. So, um, and I'm the studies that they're looking at see when I was working on my master's degree that's what I wanted to do so my my um, my practice says well listen just because I wanted to prove like oh the relaxers do this they do that and just because there's correlation doesn't necessarily mean that there's causation So to be able to look and research, that's kind of like a longitudinal study. And Mm -hmm. when you're working on your master's, you really don't have that type of time to put into it. Therefore, it's something that, you know, he says, well, just get your degree and then save the world. And so then I've got the degree and just got fascinated with Locking. And so (laughs) I kind of left that research behind and just kind of got into creating locks and, you know, how can I do this? And so when it comes to non surgical hair replacement, I like to do it with locking. So I'll create the locks to create a unit. Um, There's not really a big demand in my area. I know once. I actually get out on the internet and people know that that's what I do. There'll probably be a greater demand, but really that's not my focus either. I kind of always loved uh, Shirley Chisholm and I wanted to just be a humanitarian. So I'm actually looking to connect with someone that I can give my, the science that has a passion that they want this to be their focal point, And I want to share that with them. So that's kind of what I do. Like I've opened up the area, opened up the center and I have knowledge of it. But for me, it's just about education because my master's degree is in education and and that's adult education.
0: This is great because now you've actually just told the world that you're looking for somebody. Yeah, I'm looking for a lot of People, Right, for people to, to spread the word. But, the, but to share your education with people who are passionate about this specific area of creating lock pieces, is that—is mm-hmm. that correct?
2: Yes, lock units. And yes. so it, it's, it's so ironic. Like I never imagined myself in the hair industry, but that's where I found myself. And it's so interesting listening to Bryant um, speak about being a healer like I do feel like it's a ministry to be where I am as far as like with teaching people, teaching adults. Um, For me, like um, within our culture, we kind of sometimes, and it's kind of like subconsciously we feel, we, we have felt like, God had forgotten about us. And so being able to spread awareness, especially like in the early 90s, 2000, about natural hair when it wasn't popular and to be able to let people know like, hey, um, this is how God created you. He created you in his own image. He didn't create you to where your hair grows straight out from from your scalp. You know, you have coily hair. And so you have to embrace it. So just mm-hmm. being able to help people to understand that, and, you know, like you can wear locks, like it's, it's, it's nothing dreadful, you know? So we speak about the dreads. And so I, I'm always educating people and I'm always educating people on the reason why I spell locks, L-O-C-K-S, as opposed to L-O-C-S. And so with my original research, you know, like if you look in the Bible, locks is written in the bible that was the original term for hair and so when we when they speak about locks that's exactly what it is so then um, exploring nikina evans and other authors you know just understanding where the dread came from and just understanding that dread was the negative connotation that was placed on locks to say to to foster some type of inferiority seed or complex. So saying dreads, dreads onto the locks, that was an adjective. So it's funny to me how people have over the years dropped the noun and have taken the adjective to create a new noun. And so it's called (laughs) dreads instead of locks. And locks is the noun but we've accepted the dread portion and so i know like early on in my career people was like oh i'll never dreads they look nasty oh do they wash their hair oh what did he put on it you got to put a whole bunch of beeswax and you know so to dispel myths and rumors and allow people to see the beauty of of it all um i remember just kind of like watching the lock talks and just Resonating so much with what a lot of your um speakers have been saying especially like when it comes to cult um um learning about textured hair and cosmetology schools and you know things of that nature and it's just like uh, the education that needs to be out here is just not here mm-hmm. you know and so yeah. that's kind of how it's been over the years just kind of helping people to replace that dreads or remove the dreads and just letting them know, hey, my hair is not an adjective. <laughs> <laughs> so, and look, there's nothing dreadful about my locks. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I love that.
2: And so having <laughs> to, to let people know and to tell them that and just kind of spread that message and, you know, hey, God didn't forget about us. We you know we're we're in there so when it speaks about locks and having seven locks and you know what do you ever envision that to look like when you speak seven locks? Do you actually think that someone just had seven strands of hair? One
1: for every day. (laughs) (laughs) One for every day of the week.
2: So, but well, was- can be seven. People can grow their hair into seven locks. Like I originally started with really, really fine locks, and over the years, I've just been combining them to make them. You know, I just I don't know that I want seven, but I do. I like the thicker locks, and I left behind the notion that in order for it to be professional, it has to be thin. I think professionalism is a state of mind and a state of being it's about Mm -hmm. what's in your briefcase not what's on the outside because when i'm looking for someone i'm i mean once i be get beyond the hair once you sit in my presence it's about what comes out Mm -hmm. it's not you know like i've met very um articulate and intelligent people that didn't have their hair slicked back on their head so you know as as an employer, I'm about how can you help me to advance my company? And I think that there are a lot of employers that feel the same way. They could care less about what's on the outside It's how can you advance me? So mm-hmm. if your outer being is a mess and your inner being is a mess, then that's just what it is. But if your <laughs> yeah. inner being is intact, Because a lot of times you can't. And so when it comes to um, transposing the beauty, the beauty, you can't choose what's on the outside. Like you can't choose the color of your skin. You can't choose your eye color. You can't choose your build. You know, you are who you are from DNA, but what you can choose is what you put in your body, what you put in your mind how you Mm -hmm. rest, how you exercise. And if you can transpose that to the outside, then the world will see you as a beautiful being as opposed to just looking at a person because there's so many looks that people have. You know, so I I look at hair from a multicultural transcontinental beauty perspective. What does that Uh look like? (laughs) Everybody is interconnected.
1: Yes, oh for sure, such wonderful words. And how many people have you met or come across, crossed your paths that they have this that is just so perfect and well put together and then you you say 10 words to them and you know that this is not matching what's going on inside, right? Mm -hmm. So it's so not about that. And I think Mm -hmm. in a way, that's why locks have become more popular because Mm -hmm. it's almost like a filtering mechanism you know, mm-hmm. it, it makes people want to go in a little deeper, you know, to find out what's going on there.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I, th- I think that I, I see that as well, because it's like um, you, you can't and we've been taught we've been taught as kids. You can't judge a book by its cover yet and still we grow up as adults and we judge books by covers.
1: Yikes. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're trained. If, it's like a defense mechanism. But really. where does
2: that training come from? Where does it come from? We, we we've been taught. Like I know that my mother always told me, "You don't don't judge a book by its cover." How do I
0: learn? Where did I learn to judge a book by its cover? Experience in life, and I also yep. think, and I mentioned this to Chris on our other episode, that we as humans naturally gravitate to familiarity, right? So if you're familiar, if you're only around people of one skin color or one background, or, you know, you're in the same town, one small community of people, you don't actually get a chance to learn about other cultures or other living lifestyles. And, And until you break that barrier, until you step outside of what is familiar to you, then your familiar, familiarity circle grows. Mm-hmm. So we're in a very multicultural populated city. Mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by everybody, every walk of life. And I have mm-hmm. friends of every different type of background and so forth. Even class, right? When you talk about different, um, different um, education, different finances, what have you. And ultimately, and I said this before, humans, we have one thing in common, we all want love and purpose. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so if we can get past, as you say, we sort of get comfortable with who we're around and, and talk to different people and have conversations like we're having today, mm-hmm. then we will realize that we're not that different.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 And you know what else? It's interesting, Karen and Arena. I also, I'm from not a hair background at all, never thought I would be a hairstylist. And this place, it's been 31 years, I've had the salon now. Mm-hmm. Um, so many of our guests are exactly the same, like they stumbled into doing what they're doing, hair-related work, locks, braids, whatever, and you start off there and then it becomes something else. Like for me, I I had contact dermatitis on my hands really seriously. Um, after 10 years of being a stylist and it was almost like the end of my career. And so my focus shifted to health, you know, health, um, what we're putting on our bodies, um, and, and trying to educate as many people as I can about, um, healthier options and, uh, so focusing on the inside like you do and and making things come out and blossom and grow and uh, community, building the community, that's that's also like one of my passions and Karen as well. And so many guests on on Lock Talk have, have mentioned very similar stories and very similar paths. And you, you start one place and then you end up wanting to sort of take it somewhere else and, and it's, Almost always community focused and spiritually focused, and uh, so it, it was just wonderful hearing your story. Yes. It really resonated with me.
0: Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Really, it's this has been such a fun episode. Actually, I've really enjoyed yeah. hearing your story too. And 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 so we are kind of running out of time. I would um, I want to talk all day long. I know, um, <laughs> and listen to you all day long. Um, But Brian, before we go, uh, did you have like one or two more questions for uh, Dr. Ray?
1: I was just wanting to ask uh, about your lock business. Like what percentage of your work would you say is focused on locks compared to everything else?
2: Okay, so as I began to explain like this, uh, you know, we're talking about over 24 years. Um, One of the things that one of my customers helped me to realize, and now I'm bringing to make sure that my students and my apprentice know this, like successfully for 23 years, I've managed to be at a place that I told a person that I was going to be at that appointed time. So it's more than just having a skill, but being there for your clients, like you cannot build a successful business if you can't meet your appointments. You shouldn't take an appointment if you know that you're not stable enough to be there for two weeks, three weeks. You know, when we speak about locks, I teach I teach that it's a commitment of at least 24 months before the hair is completely locked. So if you consult with a person and you decide to take them on the journey, you need to be there with them for 24 months. And so my lock business grew incredibly fast when we left for her for the hurricane I was doing like I was doing everything in that one building when we came back I said you know we can't do this anymore the locks house is going to have to get its own home and so I found a place for the locks house to go we see probably about 85 people per week um in one lock, so one lock salon um, and that's from Tuesday through Saturday, um, some Mondays, some Sundays, but for the most part, um, sometimes it's a, a little bit more than that, at least 10, 12 people a day. Um, some people, it, some days it's like 22, 24 people per day. Um, wow. And that's with locking. And so with my technicians, I've trained my technicians to be able to do a retwist in 22 minutes or less. So that's kind of what well, we're noted for, 22 minutes or less on, wow. on a retwist, on a traditional palm roll retwist. Wow. And that's something else, like the way that people palm, and I'm like, okay, just kind of coming with the science, because that's what I teach. I'm, I'm a scientist. I come from the science perspective, like artists, like. I'm, I'm not the, the most creative cosmetologist, but if you show me a style, I can break down to what percentage is. And, you know, and so with my loctician certification course, I actually teach them. And actually I taught, I had some notes on the board, but yeah. So I actually teach them how, and so they can't get on the floor until they're able to at least... Do 25 minutes, you know. So I say, hey, your chair should be rotating, and you know that's that's uh, an average because there are some that's going to take longer and some that's going to take less. But if these people are coming to you every three weeks, every three weeks, every four weeks, you should be able to get them in because you would learn their hair, you already know the texture, the curl pattern, the curl configuration the foundation has been set it's easy you don't have to twist and print and you know it's all about just being deliberate knowing what you came to do doing it getting it done getting that person to the dryer and being able to accept another client and so mm-hmm. that's kind of how we do that's <clears throat> <good> business. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, so the Locks House is, yeah, the Locks House is like that. And we're known in town we do we have the first um, full service hair locking salon in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So we actually have a lot of firsts. The Nubian's brand has a lot of firsts. So we had the first curriculum taught at Fayetteville Tech, the first natural hair salon. Um the birthplace of the natural hair braiders uh law regulation, the first lock salon, and the first private owned natural hair care school in Fayetteville
0: Congratulations. That's yeah. wonderful. That yes. Phenomenal.
1: <laughs> yes. You are, well, thank you, you for were giving alleged. me
0: the opportunity to think about it. <laughs> If you, it's want a lot. Done, you give it to a busy person that's, that's yes
1: <laughs> oh okay i want to yeah. come take classes
0: I,
2: I want you to come take classes and you know i want to get to the point where i can do like online classes um i don't know but the dinosaur in me just keeps winning Yeah, winning <laughs> so i'm gonna have to find somebody that can that can help elevate me, you know, cause I'm a firm believer is there's a job for everybody. Mm-hmm. If this is what you're good at, we should link together and let's work together.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: um, that's the way that yeah. we're gonna grow.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we did lock talk because we just, we wanted to share everybody's conversation. We love talking, right? <laughs> and and mm-hmm. we love locks. So it just seemed kind of natural to do this.
1: Mm-hmm. and it's so inspiring hearing people's stories isn't it it's just wonderful it's yes like, I love yes. it
0: when I know
2: that there's a lock talk coming on I get excited I'm like yes <laughs> and I'm just like I'll watch it and watch it on YouTube I'm like and I'll, I love intriguing conversations about hair and the science and it's just mm-hmm. fascinating to me yeah I'm I love science too. something other than an art
0: I, I think that. that you're going to get a lot of questions, you know, people are going to be commenting and, you know, we're going to put your, your contact information below in the comments and, send okay. your and so they can, you know, reach out to you and, and we can, you yeah, can continue the conversation, but yeah. in the meantime, I have a question for you. Okay. Do you have your noggin oil by chance?
2: Do you
0: have any no. Well, we're going to send you our product line, Noggin Oil, and it is specially designed for parted hairstyles, locks, twists, braids, extensions. Okay. All natural ingredients, Brian and I developed this product line together uh, to solve problems, you know, that's what we do. And and, um, maybe what we'll do is we'll also send a combo to one of our listeners um, maybe we'll pick a really clever question from the comments, yep. somebody who okay. has a really great, um, interesting question for you, Dr. Reina, and, and, uh, we'll reach out to them. So there you go. Oh, oh yay. Thank
2: Anything you. Thank you. Cool. Anything
0: you want to add? Or-
2: I can't, no, I can't wait to, um, to see it. I think I started all. Um, ordering and never completed in one thing, another, and another because I know that I contacted you about it and Tasha and I discussed it and wanted to care. We were really excited and then I don't know what happened. We just kind of got busy maybe I think the pandemic came I think it was I was gonna
0: say COVID yeah yeah yeah, and it just
2: kind of rearranged our momentum because when we came back from the natural hair show like we were really like whoo the next thing we know is like okay here comes COVID begin to get a plan for being out of the shop now yeah (laughs) and then (laughs) deadline and we were out and then it's like, oh, we may be opening. Ah, oh, not this week, next week. <laughs> yeah. And so then when we came, it's just kind of like we had to make sure that all of the sanitation and everything was just so, and yeah, it's been one thing after another. I did um, kind of come up. Now, the thing about the noggin oil, isn't that like a, um, is it like a dry shampoo? Is that the one? No so okay.
0: it's funny because we often get mistaken for being a dry shampoo. Okay. It's essentially a showerless cleanser. So Brian developed this product to solve the problem because he works out a lot and he has sweaty scalp sometimes. and he, you know time is of the essence and he didn't want to always wet his locks because when you wet them, of course the, the elasticity stretches and it can cause some issues in drying time and yada, yada. So he okay. developed this product all natural ingredients. And you literally spray it on the scalp, use a wet cloth and massage the scalp and it's totally clean. You don't have to cut your locks. You can do it as often as you want. It's grab and go, very convenient. So the Mm. difference between this product and what would be a dry shampoo is a dry shampoo still has to be shampooed out. You don't leave it in. Eventually you're gonna have a buildup, but this product is a cleanser. So it will dissipate with the wet cloth and remove okay. the buildup.
2: Okay. I think that a lot of people will like that for retail.
0: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So yes. what we're telling our clients and and our locticians who are, who are doing the services is that you can incorporate a combo with every service because the wash, it, if you don't even have time to properly traditionally shampoo your client's hair, mm-hmm. you use the wash spray in lieu of that to clean their scalp. So you're working on a nice, clean, healthy scalp the roller bottles mess free time saving you know and then you can incorporate the combo roll the oil on their scalp before during after the, the service and then they take that combo with them so <laughs> because some people are concerned which is very fair concerned about cross contamination uh-huh. so that was that's how we go around that because they are personal size, right? They're for the client. And okay. so the chill in particular, this is for itchy scalp and for tension with sensitive clients. So okay. plumbing, plumbing usually isn't as aggressive as um, crochet or interlocking other techniques. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and typically uh, I find personally that the straighter the hair, the more sensitive the scalp, because I personally have very straight hair when I was a child, I didn't have a lot of tangles, a lot of pulling. Mm -hmm. So my scalp, because it wasn't, it wasn't, um, manipulated a lot, Mm -hmm. it became Mm -hmm. sensitive. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. And then we have
0: replenish and glow, which are like our moisturizers. So Mm -hmm. this is a light, fast absorbing oil. You roll it Mm -hmm. on anytime you want. And then the glow, this was in high demand because it's, it's a more viscous oil, so it's more s- staying and protecting the scalp on, and stays on the surface. It has mm-hmm. six carrier oils in it, including two castor oils.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 So the dry shampoo idea is, is I guess, useful. But I personally do not like them because they, they build up in the hair yeah. and mm-hmm. your scalp is also getting build up on it. So. Mm-hmm. What is, what's happening is the sebum is, is basically sticking to your, st- your scalp and your, your hair, the, the dry shampoo is sticking mm-hmm. to your scalp. And um, I mean, I was training for a marathon um, and running so much. And especially in the warmer months, my scalp was just getting really funky. And so I, I came up with this idea. And honestly, if you just spritz the scalp and then take a mm-hmm. washcloth, after you've done your whole scalp and just go through and remove what, what you've sprayed on Mm -hmm. there, uh, there's a combination of, um, very mild cleansers in the Mm -hmm. wash Mm -hmm. and essential oils, therapeutic grade essential oils. Mm -hmm. So it smells incredible. Mm -hmm. And, and honestly, it it felt like I washed my whole head.
2: Mm -hmm. It probably feels refreshing. oh incredibly
1: refreshing and (laughs) and you can you can do it once a week you can do it you know once a day depending on how much you want Uh and uh so it's a very easy product to to use and to like karen was saying bring into your your um salon Mm -hmm. and yeah, mm-hmm. and, I think uh, I
2: think it sounds good too. Because people are always asking, like, what can I put on my hair? I um I work out a lot, da 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 da, da. So the noggin oil, and I think the the title is clever too. Noggin oil like it just reminds me of my aunt used to say, oh, get your noggin. I'm gonna get your noggin. So like, <laughs> like okay, and yes, yes. So I was like, yeah, I've been intrigued with that. Um, so yeah, I definitely will, and I um, hope you send me like some brochures and you know some information so that I can um, encourage it as something that they would take with them. I think that a lot of people would be interested. I've, um, I actually have been dilly and dallying with um, my own lock line, and so with herbal rinses and serums and a base and a lock bath. So I'm kind of staying away from the shampoo, just doing a lock bath. And um, yeah, that's cool. that
1: super cool. I love um, that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a pre-wash, a scalp cleanser, like a pre-wash. So it actually is not what the nogginal wash does, but it actually for people that are fasting, um, just kind of removes the dirt dust debris from the scalp. Um, it makes it receptive to receiving the hot oil treatment so yeah oh, cool yeah yeah and that so it's great. nothing for them to take home so definitely the nog and all will be something that they can retail so i'm excited
0: thank you definitely thank mm-hmm. you so much for being with us today
2: yes thank thanks you. for having Wonderful. Me. I
0: appreciate it
2: yeah this we'll is fun
0: we'll be in touch we'll send you some uh-huh. product and' We'll see you online, okay? And hopefully in person one day again soon.
2: Yes.
1: I'm looking forward to it. We'll We'll come visit you in Fayville.
2: Listen, I'm going to hold you
0: to that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of Lock Talk. We'll see you next time. Take care.
1: Bye. See you next time. See you later.
0: Bye. Bye-bye. This episode of Lock Talks is brought
1: to you by... Noggin Oil, Mod Locks, World Hair and Skin.
0: Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching.
1: We'll see you next time.